0: This is a Courageous Church podcast, equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life. Join us now as we listen to a message from Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Awesome. Who's ready for the Word of God tonight? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We pray, Lord God, that in the next few moments, you would speak to our hearts, Lord, because we believe, Lord, that your word is not just a story about people that lived 2,000 years ago, but it's a story about us here today. It's living, it's alive, and it's active. So God, would you come now in these next few moments and speak to our heart in an outlandish way? And everybody said, "Amen." amen. Well, we've been in this series called Outlandish, and the theme of Outlandish is this, you were made for more. It is the conviction of this church, of this house, that God has made you for more. Meaning maybe in the past you settled for less than what God created you for. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God has made you for more. Being outlandish in your faith is all about moving beyond what is ordinary, moving beyond what is reasonable. It's moving into what is extraordinary and supernatural. It's moving into the realm of faith where all things are possible for those who believe. When we talk about having an outlandish faith, we're talking about something that's beyond our own natural limits. We see it defined here in Webster's Dictionary as being strikingly out of the ordinary, exceeding proper or reasonable limits or standards. How many of you know, Pastor Jason stopped caring about what was proper a long time ago? (laughs) I'm inviting you to do the same. I'm inviting you to get a little reckless with your faith. I'm inviting you to get beyond what is reasonable or proper. When Jesus went in and healed the man on the Sabbath, how many of you guys know that he did what was beyond proper or reasonable? In fact, all the religious people couldn't understand it. They said, Jesus, why are you healing this guy on the Sabbath day? Don't you know you're not supposed to do that? Jesus goes, yeah, I know, I wrote the book. I was there when the old magic was written, to to quote a little uh, Narnia there for, for my nerd friends out there. Jesus was willing to get a little outlandish. Why? Because he loves people and because he believes that people are more important than rules and rituals and regulations. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, that's what he's calling you into, into a life that's beyond rules and rituals and regulations. He invites you into something that's living and active and dynamic. He invites you into something that is outlandish. It's extreme. It's beyond what is considered reasonable. It's understanding that God's made you for more. And as a result, he wants to equip you to live like it. In the next 20 minutes, if I do my job correctly, you'll leave here being equipped to live an outlandish faith. If you have your Bibles, go with me to, one more time, the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 7 through 8. This has been our primary text That We've been working from for this series and I want to say first and foremost to anybody watching online We greet you today in the name of jesus. Thank you so much for joining us tonight But here's what matthew chapter 10 verse 7 through 8 says This has been our primary text and proclaim as you go saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand Everybody say the kingdom of heaven heaven Is at hand What that means is it's within reach What that means is that it's near What that means is that it's available to you, to common people like you and me, knuckleheads like you and me, people that need a little extra grace required like you and me. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is hand, meaning it is broken in to the present time. The rule and the reign of God is here. Therefore, here's what I want you to do, courageous followers of me, heal the sick Raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, because you've received so freely, give freely, or give without pay, the text says. Today I want to talk to you most specifically, and you'll see why I've emboldened the words raise the dead. I want to talk to you about bringing some dead things to life. In addition to this passage of scripture we see here in Matthew 10, I want to focus on tonight a passage of scripture that I believe paints for us a prophetic picture of what God's people, that's the church, are called to be about in this day and time. The title of my message tonight is this, Where the River Flows, Everything Will Live. Where the river flows, everything will live. Turn with me to the book of Ezekiel if you have a Bible. As you're turning there, I want to set this up for you and give you a little bit of context context, context, that works too. For those of you unfamiliar with Ezekiel, Ezekiel is a prophet of God who is living an exiled life. He and the people of God have been sent to Babylon and God has come to him in the form of an open vision. An open vision means that he's not dreaming or asleep, okay? He's fully awake and God is revealing to him things that are about to happen upon the earth things that are already happening in the heavens that are going to come about on earth. And then in beginning in chapters 44 and 45, the Lord begins to frame for Ezekiel what the restored priesthood and temple are going to look like. And he begins to take him on a personal tour of the temple itself. For those of you that have never read Ezekiel, stay with me, okay? It's going to all make sense here shortly. And we're going to pick up tonight in chapter 47, verses 1 through 9. Here's what it says. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. And the water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate, and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling. Everybody say trickling. trickling. It was trickling out from the south side. Verse 3, as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. Say ankle deep. And then he measured off another thousand cubits, and led me through water that was knee deep. Saying knee deep. And then he measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. Say the waist. And then he measured off another thousand. But now it was a roaring river that I could not cross. Because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. He asked me this. Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea, say the Dead Sea, where it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Now, I've only been to Israel once in my life. Anybody else get the pleasure or the opportunity to go to Israel? All right, so one person. All right, so for the rest of you, I'm gonna break this down for you, okay? But a couple years back in 2015, I had the privilege to take a trip to Israel and I got to go out and actually visit the Dead Sea. And this is actually the setting or the location where this vision with Ezekiel occurs. Just so that you guys believe that I'm telling the truth, here's a picture of Pastor Jason floating in the Dead Sea. All right, there I am, thumbs up. Double thumbs. Hanging out in the Dead Sea. I'm floating. How many of you guys know that uh, it takes a lot of salt water to get this guy to float? (laughs) Quite a bit, actually. Um, So why am I floating? Obviously, it's because it's extremely salty. It's because the content of the salt is so extreme in the Dead Sea that it causes things to become buoyant. Uh, Interestingly enough, here in Utah, we have a lake like this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Of course, it's called the Great Salt Lake. Here's a picture of another guy back in the day doing the same thing as me. (laughs) This is Saltair Beach back in the 50s, 1950s. And here's some other people floating back in the Great Salt Lake in the 1890s. Some of you guys just showed up to Salt Lake, and there have been people here for a long time. Here they are all floating in the Great Salt Lake. And there's this big resort behind it. It used to be called the Saltaire. Unfortunately, now most of the, the water around this resort has actually dried up. So you can go and visit the remnants of this place. In fact, it burned down not once but twice and it was rebuilt. But now if you go out there, you're just going to see basically a wasteland, a desert. But at one time, you could float in the Great Salt Lake. And just like the Dead Sea, the Great Salt Lake has traditionally been an uh, an extremely salty place, hence the name, the Salt Lake. Anybody tracking with me? And as a result of its content of salt, there's hardly any fish that can live there except for when spring water runoff comes down from Farmington Bay and Bear River Bay and enters into the lake. Then we see a little bit of fish that make their way down into the Salt Lake. But for the most part, the only thing you're going to find there are like shrimp, which is crazy. But regarding the Dead Sea, back to our main location here in Israel, here's what a quick Google search is going to tell you. There are no plants. There are no fish. There is no visible life in the sea because... Hear me on this. Its salt concentration is a staggering 33%. That's 8.6 times saltier than any ocean in our world. Which makes it, are you guys ready for it? A dead sea. (laughs) It's a dead place. So, back to our text here in verse 8: Where is God saying to Ezekiel, the water is flowing? It's flowing into a dead place and it's against this backdrop that God is showing Ezekiel a prophetic picture or vision of where the river from the temple is intended to go. And more importantly, I would say to us tonight, what it's supposed to do once it's there. Now we come to the payoff, verse nine. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Everything will live. I want those words to resonate with you tonight because I believe God is calling us as his followers, as his disciples to bring dead things to life. In Matthew chapter 10, verse eight, he tells the disciples to do this, to go forth and raise the dead. To raise the dead. Now, I believe this can be understood literally. Personally, I've never actually literally raised anybody from the dead, but I'm open to it because Jesus tells me to be open to it. Because he asks us to believe him for impossible things but I also believe this can be understood figuratively as well, meaning that God wants to bring dead things to life all around you. He wants to resurrect relationships and dreams and passions and hope on the inside of you. He wants to bring dead things to life. Now, wait a minute, Pastor Jason. I thought only Jesus could raise the dead. I thought only Jesus was the author of life. He is but you know how he wants to raise the dead? You know how he wants to bring dead things to life? Through you and through me. It's gonna make sense here in just a moment. I believe that we as the church are the temple of God in the earth. Here's what it says in First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You see, in the Old Testament, the temple was a place, but in the New Testament, the temple is a people. I'm going to say it again for those in the back. In the Old Testament, the temple was a place. It was a location that you would go to. You would travel to Jerusalem. You would make your pilgrimage there so that you could just get a glimpse, maybe from the outer courts in. But in the New Testament, Because of God's great love for us poured out in Jesus Christ, who went to the cross to bring about a new covenant, meaning a new agreement with mankind, you and I have access to the holy of holies. You and I can go past the outer courts, into the inner courts, past the the holy place, into the holiest of place because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross for you and for me. We now have access to God. And even more so, we now become the temple or the dwelling place where God's spirit wants to reside. Are you following me tonight? In the Old Testament, it was a place. In the New Testament, it's a people. And as his temple, I believe a river is supposed to not just trinkle, trickle out, It's supposed to flow. It's supposed to rush like a roaring, mighty rapid. Listen to what Jesus says about it here in John chapter 7, verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his or her heart will flow rivers of living water. Thousands of years ago, God is showing Ezekiel a picture of this. And for them, their expectation is that that might happen in Jerusalem one day. But I'm here to tell you tonight, in 2021, the expectation of God is that he wants to do this in your life. He wants to do this in every person that calls upon the name of Jesus, the name of Yeshua. He wants to see rivers of living water flow from your heart, because where the river flows, everything will live. Where the river flows, everything will live. The prophetic prophetic picture of the temple is the church. And out of your heart will flow the rivers that Jesus is alluding to here. Meaning that you and I are called to bring the dead to life. And where do we do this? Where do we do this? Well, everywhere the river flows. Everywhere God has called you to go. Go back to Matthew 10, verse 7 through 8. He says, as you go... Say this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead. As disciples of Jesus, this is his heartbeat for you and his heartbeat for me. So how are the dead gonna be raised, Pastor Jason? Well, I'm glad you asked, class. Here's how I believe we're gonna see this happen. When we as the people go, when we get off our butts and we respond in obedience to the call to be courageous followers of Jesus in the earth, to proclaim that the kingdom of God is here, to heal the sick, to bring dead things to life, to cleanse the lepers. Come on, to give as freely as we have been given to. When we go, when we step out in faith and obedience, that's when the miracles start. That's when we begin to see God do extraordinary outlandish things. That's been the heartbeat of the series, church. It's to awaken faith on the inside of us. I know many of us who came out of this season of pandemic and quarantine and whatever we want to call it now, afraid and and apathetic and with the reservation that perhaps things could close and go back to the way they were in 2020. 2020. And as a result, we're, we're holding our cards close to the vest and we're not willing to invest and trust and, and build new relationships because what if they leave or what if something happens, right? But I believe this, regardless of what happens in the earth, this is what Jesus is calling us to. He's calling us to kingdom. He's calling us to raise the dead, to bring dead things to life. And if that's your heartbeat, then you have permission to do it. You don't have to wait for Pastor Jason to equip you and empower you to do it. All you need is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, flowing out of you, will bring forth rivers of life that are going to bring dead things to life. Why? Because wherever the river flows, everything will live. So how are we going to do this practically? For those of you that are pragmatic, I like it. How do we do this practically? We need to first learn how to look, how to listen and how to speak. Let's start with number one, look. When we look, we look for daily opportunities that need the river. In other words, what people are all around you that need life? This could be friends, this could be family, it could be coworkers that are in your workplace. Have you noticed them? Have you noticed the people all around you that could use the river? Are your eyes open? Are you thinking about people that walk past you each and every day? Do you see them? Are you looking for them? Number two, we listen. We daily listen for opportunities that need the river. In other words, what kind of conversations are happening in your world that need the river of life? What kind of words are being spoken? Are your ears attentive to what other people are saying? Oftentimes, I believe this, people are crying out for help. And we're not listening. We're not listening. You know why? Because we're so consumed with our own problems. Here's what I know about being consumed with your own problems. If you could just get your mind and your focus off yourself for just one minute and go serve somebody else in need, it's amazing how God will restore and heal and set you free from the stuff you're dealing with. A lot of us are like, well, once I get my act together, right? Once I get enough money in the bank, then I'll tithe and give. Once I I get my uh, act together in this area and I lose all this weight, then I'll eat healthy. (laughs) Can I let you in on a little secret? That doesn't work too well. Take it from a guy who loves food. Anybody like to eat? This weekend, I pulled out the smoker and I smoked some tri-tip and I smoked some chicken. I apologize to my vegan friends in the room. Uh, But I do love the meat. And uh, man, it was good. It was good. I'm so thankful for food. But how many of you guys know if you wait to try to get skinny and then stop eating, it's never going to happen. You got to become disciplined now. Well, in the same way, I believe that we need to be disciplined with our thoughts, with the way that we listen and tune into conversations that are happening all around us all the time. I believe God puts people in your life and in my life that need the river, that need it. So we look, we listen, and then here's what we do. Number three, we speak. We daily speak into places and people that need the river. In other words, where where is the Lord calling you to speak life right now? Where in your world is God calling you to speak life? Are you using your mouth to bless or are you using your mouth to curse? The Bible says the power of life and death are in the tongue, meaning God has set before you the ability to speak and prophesy life over dead things, places, and people. And if you haven't been doing that, guess what? It's a great time to start. Let the rest of this year be a year where every day you get up and you speak life to things. You speak life over your kids. parents, For many of you, your kids are getting ready to go back to school. For those who have kids in the public school system, this is a great time to speak life over your children. Throughout this whole week, on Tuesdays, we do our prayer gatherings at 7 p.m., and we've been praying for your kids. We've been praying for that God would just protect them and bless them indeed. But come on, husbands, speak life over your wife. Don't curse your wife. Speak life over her heart. Be a steward of your wife's heart, meaning Speak into the dreams that God has put within her. Wives, speak life over your husbands. Don't wait till he gets his act together to start speaking to him like a king. Speak to each other like royalty. Bless each other. Speak words of life and affirmation over each other. Encourage each other. Now's the time, church. Let's not wait for another pandemic to get serious about our faith. Let's not wait for the government to bail us out. Let's not wait for a, 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 a tragedy to occur before we're, we're getting serious about the things of God. Let's take what God has given us now and let's let rivers of living water flow from our heart. That's what Jesus invites each and every one of us to do, to look to listen and to speak, because I believe this where the river flows, everything will live. Mariella, if you're here, could I have you come up and share a little bit? Yesterday, we had the opportunity to take some of our team out during our school of evangelism and ministry. You can come up right here. This would be great right here on this side. And we got to take some of our team out to go out and share our faith because we believe in taking Matthew 10 seriously. We believe not just in theoretically going, yeah, I agree with that, but actually putting our faith into motion. And so a small team of us went out to uh, badass coffee, right? Which is fun to say and even better when you're drinking it. Um, and we got to pray with people. We got to spend some time with people. And I wanted Mariella just to share a little bit of her testimony and praying for the cashier. Right? The person who was working behind the counter. So go ahead.
1: So we just went there. We were buying our coffee. And we did one of the things that I didn't know you were going to talk about, kind of look and see what, like look around and see what's going on and everything. Uh, I was with Kimberly. And suddenly we see the cashier just walk away and she was limping. And I remember I asked Kimberly, was she limping? Just to make sure, because maybe, you know. Um, Anyway, I... I've been praying to be bold. I like to talk to people and I talk a lot, but when it comes to these things, sometimes I'm like, oh, should I say something or not? Anyway, I started talking to her. Her name is Terry. And I was like, after she gave like she take the order, I was just uh, asking her, like is, I noticed that you're limping. I I hope this is not like weird, but what is going on? If you want to tell me. also, I think it's really important just to, to just pay attention to people's story. And she was telling me that she has Lyme's disease. So I asked her if if we could pray for her. And she just responded to me like a lot of people always come and pray for me. And I'm like, well, who knows if it, today is the day that God is going to heal you. I believe he can heal you. Anyway, more people were coming. So I was like, whenever you're like free, we can kind of just stay, like, on the side and pray for you
0: whenever you So can. you didn't hop over the counter and just, oh, no. okay, just make
1: I sure. I, <laughs> I could, but I didn't. Um, you were
0: respectful yeah. and you were kind and you were also patient.
1: Because, yeah, also because she was working. So I, I didn't yeah. want to be, like, kind of, I don't care anything else. Like, I'm going to respect, like, your space and your time and everything. Anyway, at one point, she, she was able to come and i we were just talking i asked her if she believed in god and she said yeah and i'm like okay good um and anyway i we ended up like praying for her but in the meantime also i think the time that it was in between being able to pray for her and talking to her i was asking god like show me something like if you want something to tell her or like an image or something and suddenly I saw like the image of a, an emerald rock and I'm like hmm interesting so anyway I was bold enough to be like okay so this is what I think and I look it up like what did it symbolized and anyway when we were able to talk to her we were kind of like encouraging her and just even sharing a little bit of our testimony of like we both like deal with like Healing stuff and everything. And sometimes it can be like when people pray for you over yeah. and over and over, it can get a little discouraging. So we kind of spoke into that. Like, I feel like God wants to encourage you. That, and then Kimberly said something about, like, this is not your fault that you're not being healed. Yeah. Like, this doesn't depend on you. And anyway, we share a little bit of our story too. And then I share about the emerald. And I noticed that what God wanted to do. Um, was to encourage her and just to tell her that um, what it symbolizes just spiritual awareness and I was able to just share like God is with you he's been with you all the time when you're like in pain when you're like discouraged when you feel frustrated like God is with you and it's like I just pray that he you can become more aware of his presence like in those moments and It's when she said, like, oh, I don't want to get emotional. And I feel like that part, we also, like, pray for her healing, of course, like, being bold. And I just really hope and pray and believe that maybe she felt better that day. And I believe in her healing. I told her, like, even if it doesn't happen today, but I do believe that this is going to happen. And Kimberly said the same. We were feeling that her healing is coming. Um, But anyway, I think we were able to speak life into like yes. those moments when she was more in despair and in pain and those moments that probably nobody sees, but God is there. Yes. And I think that's what was really encouraging for her. And um, yeah, we pray for her and that was it.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Come on, let's give Mariela a hand. Thank you. Did you guys catch that? She looked... She saw a need. She then listened. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond to this person? And then what did she do? She spoke. She began to speak life. And did you catch how simple that was? Notice that she didn't have to have a master's in biblical studies. She wasn't asked a difficult question that she couldn't respond to. In fact, she was met with, sure, I'd love for you to pray for me. Church, there are people all around us that are just waiting waiting for you and I to step out in faith, to look and to see the need and to respond to it in faith. And more than likely, they're going to say, yeah, in fact, I'm going through a hard time. I could use some encouragement. I'm going through a depressing time. I could use some life. And every day we wake up, God puts us in front of people who need what we have, who need the river, because wherever the river is going to flow, everything will live we trust God with the results when we pray for healing. We trust God for results when we pray for a miracle. But you know what he still asks us to do? To step out in faith and pray. To step out in faith and speak life. Oftentimes we have to speak it before we even believe it. We have to start declaring a thing into an atmosphere before we even see that begin to take place. And Like you said, Maria, I hope that she gets healed. That's our prayer. That's our expectation. We're believing God for that. I can't wait for the day where we're going to see that happen and and she can share that story here. But until then, God has still given you and I a mission. It's this, to go and declare the kingdom of God, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to bring the dead to life, to cast out demons, to give as graciously as we have received. Because wherever The river flows, everything will live. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God, for tonight. Lord, we thank you for the river, the river that you've placed on the inside of us called the Holy Spirit. And God, we know that wherever the river flows, everything will live. It's going to live. God, we speak to dreams tonight that people have given up on and, and we say live. We speak to marriages tonight that have been on the brink of divorce, and we say live. We speak to places of death and diagnosis of disease, and we say live. We speak to deathly things in our valley, places of death and fear where people have become crippled and handicapped because of the work of the enemy, and we say live. Lord, let your river flow. Let it flow into every crevice of this valley, into every home, into our schools, God. We pray over our young people tonight, over our children that are getting ready to go back to school this week. We say, Lord, let the river flow. In our public schools, let the river flow. In our private schools and academies, let the river flow. In every relationship, Lord God, in our government tonight, we say, let the river flow. Lord, we speak to businesses. And we say, let the river flow. May people's businesses flourish. May entrepreneurs, Lord God, and owners and those that have a kingdom vision flourish. Lord, may rivers of living water flow from them and from us tonight. For those, Lord God, that feel like they've been overlooked or sidelined, God, you're, you're saying, let the river flow. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. To those that feel marginalized and outcast, maybe you've been told that you're not worth anything or that you're not worth love. And tonight that couldn't be further from the truth. And to you, I say, let the river flow. Lord, bring the dead things to life in us and through us tonight. Jesus, we are a people that want to live in outlandish faith. Our expectation, God, is that you've called us to do this now, to step into this, to walk in this reality each and every day. Lord, help us to look, to listen, and to speak. Help us to be aware of the areas and people that you've put in our world, Lord God, that need the river. And Jesus, if there's anybody here tonight that doesn't know you, Lord, let the river flow right now. I want to give anybody in this room, and we never like to close our service without taking this opportunity, or for anybody watching online, to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. That means that you're willing for him to direct your life, and you're saying, I'm surrendering my plans and I'm surrendering control and I'm repenting of my sin, which is the missing of the mark because I've tried to do life by my own terms and I'm willing to trust a Messiah King named Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, the anointed one with that life now. And I wanna give you this opportunity to pray with me. It's a prayer I like to lead our church in every week and it goes like this, Jesus, Savior, save me. Save me from myself, save me from all the things that have kept me bound. I believe and confess that you are the Son of God, the Messiah. I believe that you died on that cross for my sin and place. And I believe that the Father raised you to life again. I may not even understand all that yet, but I believe it. Jesus, come. Give me a new life. Come make all things new. Come fill me with your Holy Spirit so that this river can flow in and through me. And we say that tonight in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening today. If you were blessed and you wanna be a part of what God is doing through Courageous Church, including ways that you can give, visit us online at courageouschurch.com.